Welcome to the Sports Down Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. No drama, no politics, no arguing. Just two guys talking sports. I'm JJ Peters, your host. On today's episode, we'll discuss World Series Game 2, Pelicans hire Stan Van Gundy, Thursday night football highlights, the NBA draft going virtual, and much more. All right, as we do every episode, we are going to do a poll question. You can vote on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And the poll question was, who are you cheering for this year in the 2020 World Series? And currently, the Tampa Bay Rays are running away with it. The first topic we're going to dive in today is the NBA draft is going virtual. The NBA season has been finished for about a week and a half now. The league has just announced they will do a virtual draft on November 18th. ESPN will host the event, and Commissioner Adam Silver will announce the picks in his studio. After every player gets drafted, they will be interviewed through FaceCam, and will have a similar feel to how the NFL, MLB, NHL, and WNBA did the draft in the spring and summer. The Minnesota Timberwolves still hold the number one pick, followed by the Charlotte, excuse me, by the Golden State Warriors, the Charlotte Hornets, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Chicago Bulls. The top spro- prospects in the 2020 NBA draft are. Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, and James Weissman. However, there have been multiple reports that both the Timberwolves and Warriors are looking to trade their pick. We'll find out next month what they do. Uh, My first thoughts about this, I'm not surprised at all with the decision the league has made. Uh, With the year, the way, or with the way the year has happened and almost every other league that has held their own draft was virtual. With it being virtual, there's probably won't be too many trades. I think both the Timberwolves and Warriors, if they do trade their pick, it'll be before the draft, not during. And I think a lot of people are just happy the NBA is actually having a draft instead of just skipping it this year. Now, I thought it was interesting that they had scheduled it on October 15th originally, and then they moved it back to November 18th. Um, And there's another interesting note is the first time since 1975 the league is having a draft outside of June. That's very interesting. It would be a little disappointing for players who get drafted. Instead of going to New York and celebrating with your family after being drafted in the NBA, they have to stay home and watch the draft virtually. However, I think players will still be happy getting selected in the 2020 NBA draft and getting to start their careers. Uh, Who goes number one? Uh, My thoughts are I think it will be Anthony Edwards um, if the Timberwolves don't trade their pick. Now, again, the Timberwolves don't need a guard. Uh, because they have D'Angelo Russell. Now, I'm hearing a lot about LaMelo Ball going to Minnesota, but LaMelo wants to play point guard, not shooting guard. Uh, there's a good chance Minnesota does trade their pick for more proven assets, which I could clearly see. Uh, James Weissman for Memphis would be a solid player, but Minnesota, again, doesn't need another big man with Carl Anthony Towns there. Uh, so, sum it all up, if Minnesota doesn't trade their pick, it's going to be Anthony Edwards from Georgia. However, don't sleep on Obi Toppin from Dayton. He is that reigning college basketball player of the year, and there's a good chance he could be a wild card for the number one pick. Do the Timberwolves and Warriors trade their picks, and if they do, with who? In my opinion, I don't think Minnesota or Golden State trades their selections. I do think the Timberwolves and Warriors make their selection and immediately trade the player they just drafted. Uh, There could be teams looking for the number one pick that include the struggling New York Knicks, which people have just not been happy with what the Knicks have done. Uh, like I said, the Knicks have been flirting with almost any type of free agent player that could move teams in the offseason. Some of the teams to look at could be the Atlanta Hawks, the Washington Wizards, maybe the Pelicans. However, those are just dark horses to make a move up to selecting number one. There have 
been a lot of things that could change in the next month. It'll be very entertaining offseason to say the least. And before I change the subject, I would like to tell you that the Raptors could be playing at the Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, the Toronto Raptors could be playing in Louisville, Kentucky at the KFC Yum Center. Now, the Toronto Raptors are still wondering if they can play uh, in their no in their arena at Nova Scotia Bank Arena, which is in Toronto, Canada. But unfortunately, the government might not allow them to play. So right now, they're just looking for homes. According to some sources, they could also try to move some or play their games with other teams and just do a basically a dual-use arena. But we'll see what happens. Bubba Wallace to drive the number 23 car for MJ's team next season. Bubba Wallace used to race with Richard Petty Motorsports and drives the number f- and drove the number 43 car has officially announced that he will drive the number 23 car for Team 23X1 Racing. Team 23X1 Racing is the new NASCAR team that is owned by the GOAT himself, Michael Jordan, and Danny Hamlin of the number 11 FedEx car. According to multiple sources, the team will likely drive Toyota as Denny Hamlin drove a Toyota last year. Currently, Team 23X1 Racing is working with Team JGR to form an alliance. Last week, co-owner Michael Jordan told the Charlotte Observer, Charlotte Observer that if Bubba Wallace wanted to drive the number 23 car, he could, and if not, that would be fine as well. Jordan also told the Observer that he wants Bubba Wallace to have his own identity in NASCAR. Kurt Busch of the number one car for Monster told CBS Sports that he believes Bubba Wallace will win a second year, will win in his second year for Team 23X1 Racing. He also said it's going to be very tough for them to win in the first year, but the Furniture Row guys proved it that they can be successful as an independent team. My thoughts are this is big for NASCAR as MJ is the most popular athlete in the world of all time and now has a team. He also paired up with one of the best drivers in NASCAR, Denny Hamlin. He also has a very popular name paired with him in team within team in Bubba Wallace. Wallace drove for Richard Petty Motorsports last year and had the most historic car in NASCAR history with the number 43. It'll be very interesting to see how Bubba Wallace and Denny Hamlin do in the first year with Team 23X1 Racing. How successful will Team 23X1 Racing be? I agree with Kyle Busch. I think Team 23X1 Racing will struggle a little bit in their first year. However, with how good a year Denny Hamlin has been having, I still think he has another great year. I expect Bubba Wallace to do about the same as he did last year, but he will improve significantly after 2021. You also have to look at their team alliance and team JGR. Joe Gibbs Racing is one of the best teams in NASCAR, and I think that will help Team 23X1 in their first year. It's going to be interesting to see how they're aggressive they are in their first season in NASCAR. I expect them to be very competitive in all races in the 2021 Cup season. I can't wait to see what the team does at Daytona in February. Does Bubba Wallace get a win next season? My thoughts are, I don't believe so. I think he's still a year away from competing for the Cup and getting his first win. I could see Wallace getting his first win in the Cup Series in 2022, and he could probably get a few top 10s next season. You could also get a few top 5s in 2021, and it wouldn't shock me. But having Danny Hemlin as a teammate will really help him drastically. Wallace improved last season and has many sponsors for next season. Having a lot of sponsors goes a long way in NASCAR. I predict... Team 23X1 will be very competitive in two years. It'll be entertaining to see who Team 23X1 Racing brings in in the future to pair with Denny Hamlin and Bubba Wallace. Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. 
Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. The New Orleans Pelicans have found a replacement for Alvin Gentry, who they fired in August. New Orleans has hired former Heat, Magic, and Pistons coach Stan Van Gundy. Previously, Van Gundy had been an NBA analyst for the TNT the last few years. According to multiple reports, Van Gundy interviewed for a coaching vacancy during the last few months, but Van Gundy liked the Pelicans roster the most. Van Gundy even spoke highly of both Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. He also liked the direction what that the Pelicans were going with president of basketball operations and David Griffin. During the last few months, the former Heat, Magic, and Pistons head coach expressed that the New Orleans that New Orleans was going to be very successful in a few years. Van Gundy led Orlando to the NBA Finals in 2009, but were defeated in five games by Kobe Bryant and the LA Lakers. Uh, my thoughts are most of the coaches that have been hired in the offseason I have been stunned by that include the New Orleans hire. The only one that I wasn't shocked by is, uh, is the Clippers hiring Ty Lue. I don't believe Stan Van Gundy would return to coaching in the NBA. I obviously was way wrong. Van Gundy did all right in Orlando and Miami, but struggled mightily in Detroit. You can probably assume that most every coach that includes Van Gundy struggled coaching the Pistons. I think the reason why, or the big reason why, Van Gundy struggled in Detroit was because he was both the coach and president of basketball operations that included the head of all major moves by the team. Uh, Van Gundy will definitely have a roster with major upside. Stan Van Gundy will have no excuse going into the 2021 season. How well does Stan Van Gundy do as head coach for the New Orleans Pelicans? I think he has success, but not right away. Uh, New Orleans is still a few years away from being a contender in a very tough, tough, very tough Western Conference. The Pelicans have have a very talented roster led by Brandon Ingram and former number one overall pick Zion Williamson. They have a few veterans on the team with Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick, and Derek Favors. However, they still have a lot of questions that to ask about the roster as well. Is Brandon Ingram the reigning most improved player of the year and their best player going to re-sign with them? Can Lonzo improve? Should they add a big man in free agency? And most importantly, Zion's health has to be the main object for the Pelicans going into the 2021 season. And you also have to figure out what the Pelicans can see, if the Pelicans can succeed with a young roster. In the bubble, the Pelicans had the easiest schedule but still didn't even make it to the playoffs and struggled in Orlando. But I do believe Van Gundy will have time to figure out to have success with New Orleans. Predictions for New Orleans next season. If the NBA goes 82 games in the upcoming season, which I don't think they do, but there's still a chance, I predict them to finish 36-44 and 44 in 2021. Like I said previously, they're still one or two years away. Zion Williamson is going to be a star, but how long can he last in the league with his health concerns. Brandon Ingram needs to be better on defense. Lonzo needs to improve his shooting and confidence in his shot. And I still think they need a big man to replace Derek Favors. I'm not a huge Derek Favors fan. I don't think he's that great. Um, but we'll see what happens next year. He could improve and, you know, prove me that I was wrong. New Orleans has struggled in the last years and has only had one playoff series in the last decade. So you could see Stan Van Gundy has a lot of work to do when he takes over as the coach in New Orleans. But I do believe in one or two years, the Pelicans will reach the playoffs in a loaded Western Conference. And maybe in about five years, New Orleans can be a top team in the West. The question is, will Stan Van Gundy be there or not? That is the big question.
Let's get to all the action in the National Football League. The Ravens have traded for Yannick Nagakwe from the Vikings. Baltimore has traded their 2021 third-round pick and a conditional fifth-round pick in 2022. Uh, my thoughts are it's a big trade for Baltimore. Even though the Ravens are ranked first in the league, they acquired one of the best pass rushers in the league and helped make their defense even more dominant. It seems like the Ravens are looking to shore up their defense for when they play Kansas City again. They always said they her. They always say the rich get richer, and that's exactly what Baltimore did. The Ravens are pairing up Calais Campbell with Nagakwe once again. As Ravens fan on YouTube Engraven Bid says, it's Saxonville all over again. There are also reports that the Ravens might not be done making trades before the deadline. Amazing. The Raiders versus Bucks game moved from Sunday night to Sunday afternoon at 4.15 p.m. Eastern. Some bad news for Bucks and Raiders fans. The Las Vegas Raiders versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers was originally scheduled for this Sunday night on NBC. However, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the entire Raiders offensive line was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list, or the starting offensive line, I should say. The league decided to change the game from Sunday night to Sunday afternoon. The reasoning behind it was so that fans could watch a Sunday night game, according to the National Football League. The Arizona Cardinals versus the Seattle Seahawks will be the Sunday night game instead of Tampa Bay versus Vegas. Offensive tackle for the Raiders, Trent Brown, does not have or did not have COVID, but was around someone who tested positive for the coronavirus. If I was Tampa Bay or Vegas fan, I would be very disturbed. It seems like the game for the Raiders versus Buccaneers will be played, but having the entire offensive line not practicing for a few days would worry me, especially if I was a Raiders fan. Both teams are coming off big wins in the last two weeks. By the way, Vegas has just had their bye week, which if the game is postponed, it could be a scheduling nightmare for the league. Let's hope this doesn't happen and the game is played as scheduled. And last but not least, Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas could miss his fifth straight consecutive week with a hamstring injury. Thomas is doubtful for this week's game against the division rival Carolina Panthers. This is a huge one for one of the league's best receiver. This is a very this is very strange in my opinion. I understand Thomas missed three weeks with an ankle injury. Then he was good, but was suspended for a week after hitting his own teammate in practice. Now he has a brand new injury in the hamstring. It really just doesn't make any sense, especially after he had a whole week to rest his body because the team had a bye week. There could be something up with both Thomas and the Saints. I understand this is just a rumor, but the Saints organization and Thomas have a feud, or I should say, but do the Saints organization and Thomas have a feud at the moment? The Saints offense clearly hasn't looked the same without their best player. However, this could be all the smoke screen and Mike Thomas could just be going through a plethora of injuries this season. We will find out more in the coming days. The New York Giants took on their division rival, the Philadelphia Eagles, on Thursday night to kick off week seven in the NFL. Let's get to the highlights of the Giants versus Eagles. Two teams struggling in a terrible division squared off on Thursday night football on Fox. The Super Bowl 52 champs have started the season at 1-4-1, and and the New York Giants are a measly 1-5. The Eagles got the ball first and had a great drive and finished with a run by Carson Wentz into the end zone. The Giants' offense ran a whopping five plays in the first quarter. However, one of those is a touchdown pass to Golden Tate from Danny Dimes. We flipped to the second quarter, and it was pretty much the same as the first quarter, but Philly only ended up with three points. Jones struggled in the second quarter and threw an INT that led to another interception by Carson Wentz. On the final drive of the second quarter, Philly had a nice drive going, but it stalled and led the Eagles to missing a chip shot 29-yard field goal by Jake Elliott. In the second half, Daniel Jones had an 80-yard rush and could have scored, but was tackled by the turf monster. This would lead to a one-yard run by Wayne Goldman, his first touchdown pass of the or his first rushing touchdown of the season. 
the Giants would once again score and make it a 21-10 lead thanks to a two-yard pass from Jones to Shepard. But here come the Eagles. The next series would be a four-play drive that ends up with a touchdown pass from Carson Wentz, the former quarterback, Greg Ward. But they would miss the two-point conversion, and the game would remain 21-16. Unfortunately for Giants fans, they would punt on their next possession and give the Eagles one more chance to take the lead in the game. The Eagles would do just that. Thanks to three flags in the Giants' defense, some nice passing by Carson Wentz would end up being the winning touchdown reception by running back Boston Scott. The Eagles would miss the two-point conversion, but it didn't matter. Philly led New York 22-21. The next possession, the Giants would fumble thanks to a strip sack by Brandon Ingram. Final score, Eagles 22, Giants 21. The Eagles now are 2-4-1 and and are currently second place in the NFC East. The Giants with a loss are 1-6 and and are fourth and the worst team in the NFC East. And now, last but not least, we get to the highlights of Game 2 of the World Series in Arlington, Texas. On Wednesday night, the L.A. Dodgers were hoping to go up 2-0 against the Tampa Bay Rays. L.A. dominated Tampa for an 8-3 win in Game 1. Clayton Kershaw was huge for the Dodgers in Game 1 and only allowed two hits and one run on Tuesday night. However, it was Blake Snell of the Rays who controlled the game the first four innings. 2018 AL Cy Young Award winner was the first pitcher in World Series to have eight strikeouts and no runs for the first four innings since Sandy Koufax of the Dodgers did it in 1963. Unfortunately for Snell, he struggled in the fifth and was pulled for Nick Anderson, the reliever, for Tampa. The Rays led 5-0 in the bottom of the fifth inning, thanks in large part to Brandon Lau having two homers in the opposite direction and Joey Wendell having a, two, having a double that scored two runs. But here come the Dodgers. Second base, Chris Taylor had a two-run shot in the fifth to make it a 5-2 ball game. Anderson did enough to at last an inning and a half. Once again, Tampa scored thanks to a sacrifice fly by Joey Wendell to make the score 6-2. Will Smith and Corey Seager both had solo shots in the sixth and eighth, but it wasn't good enough as Tampa took game two 6-4. The series is now tied and both teams will have a day off on Thursday. Game three will be played on Friday at Global Life Park in Arlington, Texas. Even though there's no home team, the Rays will bat in the bottom half of the inning. Well, that's a wrap for this amazing episode. Thanks for listening to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more.